What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. My name is Jamoke Davis. Boy, I tell you what, it's it's March sadness for me. Today was tough when it comes to basketball, college basketball to be exact. I'll get into that, my March sadness. We'll talk about the NBA, why Kevin Durant's career uh, might be over, the way we think of Kevin Durant, why I'm so happy about Fred Van Vliet. In the NFL, as you've heard from many people, I've got my take on Lamar Jackson and where he should go next. But first, I'm going to start with my March sadness. Patrick Ewing is out as the Georgetown head coach after six seasons. And it was time. I mean, his overall record was 75 and 109. The last two years were awful. Awful. I love that Georgetown gave Patrick Ewing the opportunity. I remember how exciting it was when the announcement came that Patrick Ewing was going to be the new head coach. And I wouldn't say he was a hot assistant in the NBA, but, you know, he, he was... He was well-respected by all accounts. And, you know, you thought, okay, if it if if there was one place for him to go, it was going to be his alma mater. And I was happy for him to see him go back to Georgetown um, as a coach after being uh, probably the most recognizable Georgetown Hoya player ever. Maybe Allen Iverson's right after that. I guess the only unfortunate thing is Patrick, he had never been a head coach. So it was a bit of a gamble and it just didn't pan out. Patrick Ewing said in the statement, very proud to be a graduate of Georgetown University. Great, very grateful to the president for giving me the opportunity to achieve my ambition to be a head basketball coach. It's particularly meaningful for me to be in charge of the basketball program at my alma mater. I wish the program nothing but success. I will always be a Hoya. 29 consecutive conference games that they lost from the 2021 season to the end of this year, January. It just wasn't meant to be. And the story program of Georgetown, in my mind, is in bigger trouble than Patrick Ewing. The Big East is in bigger trouble than Patrick Ewing. They could not hold on to basketball. Um, frankly, yeah, they can thank Villanova for the moderate success of staying relevant, if you will, but realistically outside of Villanova. Nobody was really paying attention to the Big East. I mean, heck, the Big East might be happy that he's fired just because they are in the headlines again. Which is sad. But, like, it breaks your heart when you always think of, you know, players that come back to their alma mater. And I'm not going to act like I know a lot of them. 
But that's a big deal to come back. And unfortunately, I feel like uh, probably if you look back at the number of former players that come back to their teams, it probably doesn't work out that well. And I think for Georgetown, they should look at maybe uh, Rick Patino. Because the thing for me is I don't see a good young head coach wanting to go to Georgetown. It just, yeah, okay, you play in the big arena, same arena as the Wizards, but it obviously hasn't done anything to help recruiting. It obviously hasn't done anything to help the team. I guess you could say lightning you can get catch lightning in a bottle that works, but overall, why not try someone like a Rick Patino, a proven winner that wants a chance to come back? He's done very well at Catholic schools, if you will. Why not? He was in the Big East before. Let's give him a shot. Yeah, it could be a gamble to pick a big name, but he's a big name that knows how to win. Ewing was a big name that it was fun to see him as a head coach. If he did well, great, beautiful story, but he didn't. And now it's a sad story. It's a really, really sad story. And I feel for him. I really do. I also feel for my Pittsburgh Panthers. There was it was so promising. The way the season was uh, coming to an end, they had a chance to win the Big East Tournament. Oh, excuse me. Look at me. See, I did I did just now. I was like, wait, what did I say? They had a chance to win the regular season ACC title, and they couldn't do it. They really were stumbling towards the end of the season. And unfortunately today, I mean, you knew when you saw the draw that they were going to play Duke. It was like, yeah, it's not looking good. And they lose 96 to 69 to the Duke Blue Devils. And I was I was hoping for a closer game, obviously. Uh, an upset would have been great. But realistically, you know, this was somewhat of an even match. Both teams were 14-6 and six in the conference. Pitt had three more losses than Duke. But Duke being a story franchise, like, you know, and of course, as I've always complained about the ACC tournament basically being played in North Carolina, you know, the majority of the time. Not all the time, obviously, but I mean, it's basically a home game, right? For all of the teams in North Carolina, it's a home game. And you expected that that would be the case. And it was the case, and Duke had everybody behind them. Pitt had a small contingency, and they just couldn't get it done. Now my worry is, can they make it to the NCAA tournament? I don't know. They may be looking at an NIT bid, for real. I'm proud of what they accomplished. You can hold your head up high for the the future of Pitt basketball. But this was a bit of a letdown. I was hoping that they would go a little bit farther. Just a little bit farther. 
a player that I hoped as I switched to the NBA could take this team farther is out for two to three weeks, and that's Kevin Durant. Now I know we could say, okay, it's hyperbole. Yep. Oh man, you just you're just trying to hype it up. But I'm not. He hurt his ankle. And I don't know if you saw it during the preseason. I mean, excuse me, during the pregame warm-up. Oh boy. He had a slip in what would have been his first home game. With the Suns. Phoenix still beat Oklahoma City 132-101, to but Kevin Durant was in a walking boot. Suns coach Monty Williams said, quote, I feel bad for him because he feels bad. I saw his face and I've been around him so many times. I know what he's feeling. I don't want him feeling that way at all, end quote. Well, how can you not? The Suns were riding high. And in my mind, they were the favorite to win the NBA championship. And now they are, this is it. I mean, there's a chance that he's going to miss the beginning of uh well definitely the end of the regular season but maybe part of playoffs now the suns are still plus 450 to win it all celtics are still favorite but you know i didn't look at this before the suns game i imagine that the suns were the favorite maybe they weren't but i don't know how they couldn't they had to be Kevin Durant was shooting almost 70% in the th- three games. They were 3-0. and He had the highest field goal percentage in a player's first three games with a team in NBA history. Says minimum of 40 field goal attempts. They were the favorites. And I think that not only could the Suns be done... Granted, if he comes back, okay, great. But the issue is, Kevin Durant always gets hurt. And he's not getting any younger. For all of the excitement about what Kevin Durant brings to any team. Now he's done. And you don't know what's going to happen. When you look at his season, he played 55 games for Brooklyn last year. Injured. 2020-2021 season. Didn't play a whole season. Obviously part of the pandemic too. But then when you look at Golden State, you know, you can go 18, 19, 78 games. But then he played 68 in 17, 18, 62 in 16, 17, 27, 14, 15, 
Yeah, one season where he played all 82 games, it's just the fact with Kevin Durant, and it was a gamble. And unfortunately, the gamble not only may have not paid off, but he very well might be done. He very well might not ever be the same. And you know that and I know that. It is probably hard to say. I wish him the best. I want to see Phoenix get it, but it's almost like the, I don't know. It's not fair to say it's the curse of Chris Paul, but man, I know he was like, this might be the year I get my championship. And it may not be. It may not be. But I do wish him a speedy recovery, and I hope everything will be okay. Another player I hope will be okay is John Morant. As you've heard multiple times, people talk about he must turn his life around. He's had a few incidents that were that involved a gun. The, the latest one is him showing himself with a gun in an Instagram video. And, and he, now he may be in trouble with the state where he was. Um, for brandishing the gun, unfortunately. Um, it's... The good thing is the Colorado police don't have enough to charge him. But in some ways, the damage is almost already done that while some people are saying hey I root for him I want to turn around and maybe he will you know America likes a comeback but I feel like what's happening with John Morant is also a microcosm of what is wrong with Memphis they aren't playing with a chip on their shoulder they're trying to act like the bad boys But they're also trying to act like the bad boys off the court. And that's not a good thing. And then on the court, they act like they belong, like they've already won a championship. And they're, okay, you could say they're ascending, if you will. But they have a lot of growing to do. And when they, while they used to be kind of, uh, maybe I'd say the darlings of the NBA, now it's like, uh, I don't even think people are rooting for Memphis, this Memphis the same way anymore. Dylan Brooks leads the league in techs, technical fouls. Every game, it seems like they get into it with someone else. It's not a good look. It's not a good look for the team or for John Morant. You can't suspend the whole team, but John Morant's going to be out for a while. And the worst part about it is I'm trying to figure out why, why does he have to try to be a gangster, a thug, if you will. It's unnecessary. It's simply unnecessary. And he's gambling with his life. 
And as many people have said, I hope he can turn it around. But I hope the entire Memphis team turns around. You're going to be trying to always beat up on somebody in order to win. I feel like, okay, yeah, they have Draymond Green, but Golden State Warriors outside of Draymond, they're pretty low-key chill, especially with their leader, Steph Curry. They still won championships. I don't know. Maybe it's just a way to seem like, yeah, I'm cool by being that way. But even when you think of the young black men out there, that's not the kind of role model that we need. That's not the kind of role model I want my son to see. The disregard, even for after the first two gun incidents and accusations from people, then he's like shooting, uh, pretending to shoot a gun on the sidelines with his gesturing with his fingers after a big play, like no wherewithal whatsoever. Not able to read the room. And where's his dad, T. Martin, to tell him, hey, man, we we got a lot we need to think about. I said T. Martin, I meant T. Morant. There's a lot that I hope that Ja understands that is at stake and will say, okay, let, let me not... Let me not do this anymore. It's just simply not worth it for me. What is worth it for one, um, Fred Van Vliet, is he has, he went on a rant. He criticized not just the refs, but one particular ref in Ben Taylor who said he was in quote that he was bleeping terrible tonight. Most of the refs are trying hard. Like a lot of refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And they know you got the other ones who just want to be bleep. It just kind of bleeps the game up. Nobody's coming to see that bleep. They come to see the players. I think we're losing a bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. It's been disappointing this season. I wish if it wasn't for the fact that he would be losing more money. I wish he would say that every night. I think the NBA has become a disgrace. I think that too often the referees are making themselves a part of the game taking things personally out on the players. And they're just simply not very good. They're not very good at staying out of the drama. They're not. And maybe part of it is a refs. There's just drama in general. But when you find someone like a Ben Taylor, who has, um, on Fortunately, targeted by Taylor. He has eight technicals this season, three of them doled out by Taylor, almost 50%. What does he have against him?
And then you have Marcus Smart saying, quote, I don't know if you guys seen the Fred Van Vliet thing, but that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let Fred do all the talking because Marcus Smart don't want to lose his money, but he knows. The referees are making themselves too much a part of the game. And frankly, there's just too much at stake to do that. There's just too much at stake in my mind. There's also a lot at stake for one Lamar Jackson of the, I'm going to say formerly of the Baltimore Ravens. I don't see how he is a Baltimore Raven anymore. I think that there is a part of the owners that don't want to not just pay Lamar, but they're like, wait a minute. This quarterback thing is getting out of control. Kyler Murray got a $200 million contract or almost $200 million. Deshaun Watson got a $230 million guaranteed contract. Aaron Rodgers is at $150. Russell Westbrook, I think, is at $160. I'm going off my mind here. Yeah, this is all business. And I do think that there is an issue with the fact that Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. The fact that the Ravens put a non-exclusive franchise tag on a former NFL MVP. That now other teams can offer Lamar Jackson a contract. And if, uh, if Baltimore doesn't decide to um, counter, then that team is okay to sign them, but they have to give up two first-round draft picks. I think the biggest issue here is that Lamar the last two seasons has gotten hurt. That's what I think the biggest issue is. He hasn't got him over the hump in the playoffs. And he's got hurt the last two seasons towards the end of the season too. There are a bunch of teams that need a quarterback that should be going after him. But just like Kevin Durant here, you just simply don't know what you're going to get. And I want the best for Lamar Jackson. I actually hoping that the Washington football team can go after Lamar Jackson. I am just simply stating that I see what's happening here. He played 12 games the past two seasons. He's played five seasons overall in the NFL, and he is great. He is simply great. And I would be surprised if more teams 
you know, I mean, they should be going after him, but something, something is keeping them from doing it. Something is making people think about maybe he's not worth it at that price tag. And I get that. I do. I mean, if you look at the teams that need a quarterback. Chicago, no. I'm looking at the draft. Houston, yes. Arizona, no. Indianapolis, yes. Denver and Rams, no. Rams, maybe. Denver, Denver probably could. But if, I, uh, no, okay, not Denver. Vegas, yes. Atlanta, yes. Carolina, yes. New Orleans, but it's going to Philly, no. Tennessee, I'm going to say no. Cleveland, I'm going to say no, but that's going to Houston. The team I'm looking at is Houston. Could you give up a 2 and a 12 to sign Lamar Jackson? That might not be a bad idea. I mean, the Jets are clamoring to get or trying to go after Aaron Rodgers, and Lamar Jackson was better than Aaron Rodgers. Now, granted, availability is the best ability, and as I've said, that's to me what it comes down to. Why they don't want to give Lamar Jackson money. Dude, I don't know if you stay on the field. But Houston may be the team that needs to go after him. And I just don't, uh, maybe they're just not. Maybe they're just not. Um, but if I am, I mean, realistically, even if I'm the Giants, like Daniel Jones, uh, Seattle just signed Geno Smith, but if you had known, oh, but we might be able to get Lamar Jackson, okay. Tampa Bay, now that, Tampa Brady's gone. Maybe. I think there's some teams out there that could do it. But I hope the one that could miraculously do it might be Washington. I mean, he's right up the road. Maybe he don't need to sell his home. They stay right there. I mean, that hurt the Ravens even more to see him playing right up the road and playing well. Granted, Washington is in so much trouble. I don't even know if that's a possibility. But it would be nice. Sam, again, as I've said, Sam Howell, I guess. I don't understand what all of the, the noise is about Sam Howell. Not because I don't buy him. Not because I have a dog in that fight. But more because if he was a possibility, then why didn't you play him earlier? 
because he wasn't a possibility. That's the facts. That's where we are. He's not a possibility as a franchise quarterback. You just had Ron Rivera just trying to do an about face after injuries and poor play made Carson Wentz a disaster. Now he's not even with Washington. Taylor Heineke, no. It's just... They need an anchor. And if it can be Lamar Jackson, then I hope that somehow they can make it work. Give up three first-round picks for the next three years. Lamar's worth it. Lamar's worth it. I hope this show was worth it for you. Enjoy your sports weekend as we get ready for, for the beginning of what is the best month in college basketball, even though I'm having some March sadness. But I'm going to look forward to watching these championships. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.